Hi, I'm Joseph Detour, and you're listening to Get Trekked on KBOO Portland. Previously on our podcast, Good. Good. Yeah. oh, let's talk shit about dark into darkness. Anybody? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm so always- and now back to that. Enjoy the show. Sorry. Go ahead. How was it when you watched your uh, the DS9 documentary when Into Darkness was about a month and a half from coming out? They took us into a big old theater, and uh, the screen where we were going to was labeled Iron Man Three. <laughs> But it was actually it a, might as well have been an early through. premiere of Star Trek Into Darkness. And it was amazing because all my friends were there and we got uh, the press all up there. They didn't have any actual actors, but some of the producers were up there uh, actually looking to gauge reactions. And I was so, so happy for about 20 minutes. And then the movie started it. And I... Oh, no, and, and then, then no the movie started. Happy. It wasn't the first 20 minutes of the movie. It's just the 20 minutes that you were there before the movie. Right? Yeah. I have a problem with every single decision. Decision they made for that movie. What you didn't I'm like, Benabil Cumberbap? <sighs> Benedict Cumberbun? Oh, I'm glad that you guys they. excited for the Grinch reboot? With I'm glad that they fixed that continuity error where the master race person wasn't white. Oh, right? Thanks mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Benadryl Bend and Snap. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Do you know what really perplexes me is that scene with, um, was it Nurse? Who was. The blonde woman. What was her name? In that? Oh, who was she supposed to be? I don't even remember. Was she anyone from the original series? I don't think. She I don't was. know. But she, she was some was admiral's Eve. daughter, wasn't she? Her just standing her... in a bikini in the away <laughs> ship. Like, I had to yeah, pause that... the movie. I was like, "What is happening? This is what?" It just she plays. It wasn't because he wanted a knifeful. Ah, Robocop's daughter. Uh, I will be honest. At the time, I did love Benedict Cumberbatch, so I did. We all had that phase. It's okay. Yeah, I did was... not. Excuse oh, well, lucky me. You. Oh, well, lucky you. Hey, that reminds me. Get off me. your high horse. There's another couple but... people they haven't got to Star Trek conventions. They oh. haven't got Peter Robocop Weller or Benedict Cumberbatch. You think nope, we've never get Benedict Dick Cumberbatch? Do you want to hear? Okay, this is a true story. Um, but Brent Spiner told this story at a convention. I wasn't there, but I listened to it. Um, so him and Patrick Stewart were in London, and they were getting uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those places where all the famous people just go. You know, those sure. places? Yeah. We all know. Um, and Benedict Cumberbatch walks over to Patrick Stewart's table, and he's like... This is how oblivious I am. That's his real name, right? Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's British, so obviously that's his real name. Okay. Um, you know. But uh, he walks up to Patrick Stewart and he's like, I've just been signed on for Star Trek. Do you think that that's a good idea? Will that ruin my career? He asked that to Patrick what? Stewart. And, <laughs> and nice. Brent, I think Brent Spiner said something along the lines of like, Let me tell you something, Benedict. You'll never work again after this. And, uh... <laughs> and I think Benedict Cumberbatch, like, a wall was, like, in his mind was between him and Brent Spiner. But, like, this, that blows my mind that he would walk up to Patrick Stewart and ask it. He's like, will that ruin my career, F- famous actor Patrick Stewart? Like, come on. Knighted actor Patrick Stewart. Oh, Do you boy. think Star Trek would ruin my career? Like it did yours. <laughs> <laughs> You're clearly destitute. Um... No career whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all a household name. Can I keep talking about how much I hated Into Darkness? Oh, please. Oh, all, the time. Oh, all the time. Man, everything. Like, <laughs> okay, so you've all seen Star Trek Beyond, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why, okay, why don't they have teleporters that can uh, teleport through um, through warp fields? Why don't they have super shields? Why can't they fire la- any weapons while they're in warp? Wait, are we talking about Beyond or Into Darkness? Well, the stuff that they made into in, in into darkness, but it's not like it would be lost. There was an entire 
like oh, giant <laughs> shipbuilding facility around ship Jupiter or something. <laughs> and it was still there. They didn't do anything with it. There's no reason why they wouldn't have this technology. Oh, and they could just pull blood out of any of those uh, cryogenically frozen enhanced people and bring people literally back from the dead. And they never did. Why not? Because J.J. Abrams didn't like Star Trek and he didn't care. And he because didn't uh, so he ruined the franchise. I never really got Star Trek. If you ask J.J. Abrams that question, he will punch you in the face and run away. <laughs> well, it's fine. He doesn't look like he can punch very hard. <laughs> you don't know. When he's under stress, you get to see the sweat running It'd down just his feel like face. a gentle slap. I think it'd be worth like it. Like a little baby hand yeah. just gently caressing <laughs> your cheek. If you, your... Look, if you wouldn't take a punch in the face for Star Trek, are you really a Star Trek fan? Mm, yep. mm-hmm. Star Trek fans, they fight. Do they? I don't know. <laughs> I they think they some should. funny fights. I think it'd be funny if uh, some Star Trek fans got into a fight with some Star Wars fans. I don't know. Can I punch him? Who? J.J. Abrams. Yeah. No, this is a, for a combination of Star Trek Into Darkness and Lost Seasons 2 through 4. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Any more thoughts on Into Darkness you'd like to rant? There was this gigantic ship full of unbelievably (laughs) advanced technology. And it's not like it was destroyed. It just kind of gently crashed into San Francisco. Why didn't they salvage it? Why didn't they build like 50 zillion (laughs) of them? It's a cultural monument now. Let's go into... No, no, no. We want to keep it where it is. It's a historical monument. (laughs) (laughs) They showed what it could do in in the movie. It could teleport... A torpedo anywhere in the entire galaxy. And I guess they thought they didn't need that for anything ever. See, nah, you remember all this stuff, but I have conveniently forgotten <laughs> yeah, I don't all of it. Into darkness See, you. <laughs> you should just direct, redirect Into Darkness. Oh, okay. What would you do? Okay, what's hypothetically, how would you remake that movie? Hmm, good question. Who would be, let's see, who kind of carries on, who looks more Ricardo Montalban than Benedict Cumberbatch? Besides anybody on Earth? Everyone, including (laughs) everyone in this room. Scott Bakula as Khan, can Uh, you imagine? (laughs) Like, maybe when, uh, maybe when, like, Robert Rodriguez was making films with Antonio Banderas, that would have been a good idea. That would have been good. Antonio Banderas? Yeah, he's like mid-60s now. Is he? Yeah. How old is Khan supposed to be? And it, I don't, it depends because in Into Darkness, he's clearly supposed to be young, but in, say, The Wrath of Khan, he's supposed to be old. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it really they, I mean, yeah, they also made the crew of the Enterprise babies. So it's. Yeah. So he uh, he's an enhanced human, uh, an augment, and then he takes over a big chunk of the world, and then they retake over the world from him and throw him in a rocket, and then he's cryogenically frozen, so he won't age after that. So I don't know. How old do you think someone has to be to take over a big chunk of the world? Alexander the Great did it like what, early twenties? I mean if he's if he's a super super genetic soldier, I feel like he'd be sort of young. Not like not like my age, more like early thirties. Mm-hmm. Maybe mid thirties. I'm gonna say a good choice would be Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones and Ooh, Kingsman the Golden Circle because he showed he had a lot of physicality in both of those roles. I feel like it needs to be someone with impeccable pecs. You know? <laughs> I'm sure he could get Crucial. This. I don't know what that's we're right. talking about, we're, but that sounds great. We're recasting Khan. Yeah. Oh, okay. I asked Ryan how he would remake Into Darkness um, since we were getting heated and it might be good to brainstorm a new film that will be funded by CBS for us. Oh, no, we're going to crowdfund all of it. 
Good luck. <laughs> it's okay. a great idea. So Pedro Pascal, um, same cast for everybody else, right? Oh, like Chris Pine. I think they did a really good job with casting in the first Star Trek movie, so keep all of them. Right. Okay. Carl Urban, masterful. Yeah. I love Carl. He's so sweet. He was so nice. Um, I talk about that all the well, time. Well, I guess I'd have to recast Chekhov, because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Who would who who would make Friday good news? <laughs> you want to be Chekhov? All right, so Ryan's Chekhov in this in this hypothetical film. Good. Ryan is you can't Chekhov. take it back. I'm sorry. Um, all right, let's so hear we'll, let's hear your accent go. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. I will continue to talk like this for the entire rest of the podcast. Okay, I've been Just doing a bunch of Russian accents for D and D characters. This lately, is so. Tabulus. I will give good. you five dollars if you actually keep up that accent Ugh. for the whole interview. All right. Let's uh, let's just keep this going. All right. <laughs> we'll see how long it gets before I, uh, I decide that I am sick and tired of this. Say nuclear vessels. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so plot of the film. What would happen? Would it be the same? Would you change it? Shortly after so- <laughs> Star Trek and Nero destroyed Woken... Uh, they destroyed Vulcan. They destroyed Vulcan. <laughs> A variety of admirals decided that the Federation did not have enough military technology to deal with all of the threats from around the galaxy. So they thought, who could we get that could create amazing weapons and great new technologies? They realized that they had left 76 augmented humans on the Botany Bay. So... They got all their satellites and scouting ships and science ships together. They found the Botany Bay. They unthought Khan, and they threatened everyone else on the vessel with death if he did not help them create new weapons. They created these weapons. They gave him unlimited funding, and they created a turbo evil enterprise for Robocop to drive around <laughs> as his own per- particular personal whistle. This might have been a bad idea because all I can hear is the accent at this point. I'm trying really hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's great, though, but mm, I agree with everything you said. The evil enterprise and good enterprise have a giant fight over Earth and crash into San Francisco. And that it's the amazing movie. to me how little I remember. Let's I remember obviously the, why did you look at me? <laughs> I remember obviously the like hand touching through the glass thing. Oh yeah, yeah. it was just them redoing that. That was so Khan, dumb. So. That was like, oh, we've taken Khan's blood and you're back to life now because we wanted a cheap thrill like from the old movies where one of you dies and there's no but risk involved. We don't want to actually commit to making yeah. a second movie about this. Oh, I think for was... the last half hour, like I was dreading the whole movie as it was happening. But that whole last chunk of a half hour, I think I did the Tina groan, gradually getting louder uh, until the very end, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that thought just escaped me immediately. Um, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, also, like, Bones brought you back to life. Can you thank him and not just Spock? No, that that actually goes along with the original series. I'm sorry, nobody ever thanks Bones. I know, but he deserved it. He gets bitched out for helping, actually. F. We should, we should just do an episode where we, like, have an actual writer's room and we actually rewrite Into Darkness. <laughs> That would be fun. Can I, can I come on that episode? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'll have to rewatch that movie. And you'll have to because you're Chekhov. You don't have to. We need Chekhov there. Surprise. It's just the Wrath of Khan script. Oh, where did Chekhov go? Ryan's back. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> I dropped the accent because it's irritating. That was an accent? Oh. So I can't, I can't oh, risk here. watching Into Darkness again because... The plot of that might take up just some read, of the some of the part of my brain that is occupied with 
and orient information just read the wikipedia <laughs> page a, that's true that's yeah. fair no um so we can remake wrath of khan but we'll replace uh the captain that had to shoot himself with an endorian what was his name fred something he's the guy who's died like seven fred times savage in- uh, the, <laughs> he's the guy who yes. dies a lot in Star Trek. He was the, oh, the yeah? captain from Darmok and uh, oh, a bunch of other oh, ones, too. Oh, yes. What about Beyond? You guys like Beyond? Yeah, I like Beyond. That's, some That's good shit. a really good, good. one. It was, I, I forgot what they got right with that movie was how fun it was. Like, with the other movies, it felt like they were they had something to prove. But with this one, they're like, all right, let's just have a Star Trek episode that's like... An hour, two hours long, and it was great. It was so much fun, and Beastie Boys, you know? Exactly. <laughs> the the classical music Beastie gag Boys. never gets old. It's in a lot of things, but it never gets less fun. Oh, no, it's so funny, especially with that song choice. It was... I think my only uh, big problem with it was, I think they wasted Idris Elba. Yes. Yeah. He was just covered in makeup the entire time, and he wasn't, like, acting. He was just, like... Sexiest man alive, Idris Elba. <laughs> Sexiest man alive, Idris Elba. Like, <laughs> that's... I watched no Also, we still have to talk about the new series that are coming out for Star Trek. Aren't uh, there four yes. new series? Four? I th- I'm pretty sure there's four projects. Uh, I know there's the three? animated one. There's the Picard one. There's... Um, Thank God for Google. Yeah. I'm curious to see how they handle the new one run by Dan Harmon. Animation-wise, Specifically, I don't. I hope they're not going to go with the Rick and Morty style animation. One thing that bugs the shit out of me with adult cartoons is how they have like all of this creative freedom to do whatever they want because it's like animated, and they always go with like the Family Guy setup or like the The cheapest, ugliest. Yeah, yeah, like this is Star Trek. If they don't up their game, I'm gonna be mad. Do you know what I'm hoping is that they make it visually like the animated series. That oh, with the be... super close-ups of just somebody's face while just, they're talking. Just stylistically. Yeah, I just think it would be a fun throwback. And if they made the episodes actually good, that might <laughs> be good as well. A lot of those stylistic choices were just because they didn't want to spend a lot of money. See, CBS loves that, you know? Mm. I think you can do a lot of fun things when you try to budget and you have limited ability of what you can do. Mm. A lot of times the creative fixes for that are way more fun than... Yep. If you had all the money in the world and you could just throw money at it, it's like, okay, great. Yeah. Yep. It's really expensive looking, but it's not fun. But think... sometimes you also just get 10 second shots of a static frame of a character. They can, they can definitely, up, they can definitely so up the production value of it, but it would <laughs> yeah. still be a lot of fun, I think. The one that's going to be tough is the Picard one. Impossibly tough. Like, the, the expectations of that are... Yeah. Real, right? Enormous. Are they bringing back anybody else from next gen? They won't tell us. Okay. Probably. I don't. Uh, they when uh, when we went to the uh, the panel that had uh, Marina Sirtis on it and Michael Dorn, they weren't invited. And Gates McFadden. Oh, did Marina Sirtis say that? It's like, yeah. I wasn't invited to be in the new Star Trek, and I'm waiting <laughs> for her. it. Thank you. That's my Marina. That's Basically, actually exactly, exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. Like. I've listened to her talk so many times. I love her. <laughs> but they did let her be on Orville season two. Yeah. Oh, I've she's also, so bitter about I've that. Seen Orville. <laughs> she will. No, she was on. Or, such she, a wasn't she on Orville? I feel like. I don't know. Do you guys watch Orville? No. Nope. No. I do. Like Sorry, it. guys. I'll watch No, no, I, yeah. I'm tempted. As always, my, my hot takes on things are, I will watch it if you put Jeffrey Combs in it. Those are my those are my terms. It's pronounced Jeffrey Coombs. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh. Jeffrey Coombs. Um, Jeffrey Coombs. My um, 
my uh, best friend's mom pronounced it Jeffrey Coombs. Oh, that's And cute. David Bowie, which I think is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> okay. So the shows that are supposed to be coming out are um, a series set at Starfleet Academy. Oh, that's going to be something. Um, Depends. What kind of, what are they, what direction is that From the going? creators of Gossip like Girl and Dynasty. Okay, I've never seen either of those shows. <laughs> the eye contact me and Dylan just had was like... <laughs> the <laughs> Runaway Series? The Marvel Runaway Series? It's on Netflix? Or is Which, it on Hulu? Oh, I know of Which that. Uh, the Runaway Series? I really liked the comics uh, I of that it. back in the day. I really liked the show, though. It was a decent adaptation. Mm. It's kind of... Uh, I like the it's kind of pointed at kids. Oh, and That's then the hard. second story is supposed to be based on uh, the Wrath of Khan story, I guess. So we're what is pulling that back in the book. Okay. Oh, was it during the eugenics wars of the 90s? Remember when Augments took over the world in the 90s and most of us died? Look, they've, they've, oh. they've fixed that yep. up as a secret thing, right? Mm-hmm. Heavy scare quotes around, they fixed it, but... I feel like the Starfleet one's gonna be, like, class was for Doctor Who. If we get another fucking Spock actor, I swear to God, I'm gonna shoot myself <laughs> in the <laughs> fucking face. Please stop. <laughs> oh, what do you guys think of the Spock beard? Spocks. Has anybody seen that? Yes. I've seen it, I just don't... I'm just taking a break from Discovery because of Jesus Christ. Mm. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I will finish it when Hugh comes back. Mm-hmm. End sentence. Until then, I'm just going to not watch it. Yeah. Or if you bring Jeff, but they refuse to bring Jeff. Here's the thing. They're like, oh, they won't call anybody who's ever been affiliated with Trek projects before. Except we're going to make a new show about Picard. And I'm like, what? You know what bugs the shit out of me is I was actually at a Star Trek gathering. And granted, we were all very drunk. <laughs> but anytime that it's so annoying. Anytime that I mention I don't watch a TV show because there's a rape scene in it. And everybody is like... Oh well, there's a nuance, and I'm like, you're not gonna change my mind. <laughs> I think it's everybody. Oh, I thought it was handled badly. Thank I'll be you. real, but yeah. yeah, in Discovery, I don't know the way they went with whole, that whole thing. I was like, that's the other reason I stopped watching. I they like, really shit on that character, nice? Ash, didn't they? Yeah, can we be yeah. nice to Ash, please? No, no, like, no, no. He was Klingon, and he it wasn't really rape at all. It was. <sighs> Because he was a Klingon Not. at that point. It's like, he's clearly got trauma memories, mm-hmm. you fucking weirdos. Yeah. God damn it. So mm-hmm. I'm taking a break from that. And then I stopped watching after that. And then I just kept hearing about all this, like, exactly. shit that they were doing. Like, and I was like, oh, I'm good mm-hmm. for a minute. I'm take a break. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've got Starfleet Academy. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we're going to get a bunch of new con actors, too. So that'll be fun. How many Spocks cool, versus great. how many... Cons can <laughs> We've got 10 cons. We have 50 spots. Um, all right. We'll so, have an army. Let's see. The animated series, which we were talking about. The Dan Harmon one, yeah. Yeah, the Dan Harmon one. And then the one with Picard in it that we don't really know that much about. They kind of, I have a feeling they just use Picard as kind of like a, uh, what's the word, like a fishing lure to get people to oh, watch. Yeah. I don't think it's going to, it's not going to star him. He just shows up on the screen occasionally. For like uh, two seconds, they'll be like, oh, hey, is that Picard? And it'll just be Patrick Stewart like, hey, guys. (laughs) Oh, I'm just doing my roses. He's he's like Charlie and Charlie's Angels. They'll call it Picard's (laughs) incense. Oh, yeah. I think I have I, I have a sneaking suspicion that there are going to be a lot of people who want Data to come back, but we all know that's not going to happen. He won't come back. He they, can't uh, come back. He, like, well, I would love that. I would love that if they did software or something, right? That's just no. I thought that was in the canon it somewhere, is, but I don't think so. But I know that Brett won't do it. CGI's face. That's true. Oh, Either... like they did to Orlando Bloom or uh, <laughs> Jeff Bridges in um, a couple of Tron and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two my, and my first love for Orlando oh. Bloom. <laughs> Kurt Russell looks amazing in uh, Guardians two. Uh, in uh, Tron, 
Not uh, not Jeff Bridges in Tron. Kurt Russell in Guardians Kurt 2 Russell, actually, oh, yeah. right, actually looks good. Yeah. Uh, what was Something. I going to say? No, there was a Tumblr post that was like, when they announced the new series, they had a caption like, Brent Spiner, and then a gif of someone disappearing during the peace sign. <laughs> 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 it's like, bye! Nope. I love his tweet. It's like, did anything exciting happen after I left the convention? <laughs> uh, I saw a he short run film away from that. he was in um, at the Mill Valley Film Festival, because I follow the director on Instagram, and he had told me about it. It's... I've never been robbed of speech by a film before. He's... um, There was a lot of singing numbers. He said... I think he said the word YOLO more than once. Oh, no. I think he... There was vaping, and I don't... It was all a blur. Like, I think I had a... That movie was like a fever dream. It was great, but it was like... I was sitting there like... Is it... (laughs) Is it more or less of a fever dream than... um, more. Okay. It's more of a fever dream than Fresh Hell. It's okay. better It's better produced and actually more watchable than Fresh Hell. Because Fresh Hell is just like something else but the, okay so the plot of this movie and i will i'm gonna i'm gonna promo it because the director sharon everett's super cool it's um it's called brentwood i don't know where you can find it oh i remember seeing things about that yeah, yeah it's called brentwood and it's him and they he doesn't want he just want he's he just wants to teach acting and they invite him to be in this award ceremony he's like yes finally i'm famous and then lavar burton shows up LeVar. and Brent chokes on some shrimp. Like he's <laughs> there's a scene where he's just stuffing shrimp in his mouth. There's like a mountain of shrimp. And he's just going <laughs> and then he chokes on it and passes out and he has this dream like like this fever dream. So it literally vaping. is a fever dream. Yeah, it is. Okay. And then when he and somebody films him choking and LeVar Burton saves his life and he becomes this internet sensation and he's like, I'm just gonna live off the money of choking on shrimp and that's the movie and he sings. <laughs> yeah, so go watch that. That's fun. It's directed Can by... Can I find it anywhere? Or? I don't know. Okay. I shouldn't... Do you know what I'll do? I'll text... I'll, I'll find a... Me- I'll just text Brent real quick. Don't text Brent. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll message maybe the director and see if I can, you know, plug it because it's, it's fun. It's a, you know... So. All right, we'll go around the table. What do you think the new Picard show is going to be about? We'll start with you. Well, I think it's going to be about um, Picard and Q going on wacky adventures in the Epsilon Quadrant. Mm-hmm. Is that their honeymoon or? Yeah, it's their honeymoon. <laughs> they keep attempting to go on a honeymoon and end up in like these weird. <laughs> it's like Doctor Who a little bit. Fuck, yes. <laughs> can you imagine? I swear we were Dr. trying to go to the beach. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's, uh, it's going to have all the fan favorite species like, mm. uh, I don't know, the Packlets. Everyone likes the Packlets. The in fact, it's all going to be about the Packlets too. <laughs> I was going to say the Endorians. It's just Kirk and Picard and, and Packlets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dylan, what do you think? Um. I don't have a serious answer for that. That's okay. It doesn't I, matter. We I can't possibly. Just whatever comes to your mind. <sighs> I already made my joke about it being a hungry with Q. Um, depend. I If they go real dark with it, like they made that Logan movie that was real dark, uh, oh, Professor X, so they movie. could do something weird with really dr- dramatic Picard nonsense, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they will. But they really have been leaning on the dark stuff and especially because two of those sound like kind of lighthearted stuff it might go that way and yeah. i have a real dark one to i don't know discovery's already kind of 
dark. I know. Pretty dark. That's what I'm saying. If they've already got some in that vein, they may just like keep with it. I don't think I don't think any of these shows are gonna be the vibe that any of the old shows were. I agree. And that's incredibly disappointing to me, but it is also the reality of it. Yeah. So. It's really fun it's to see people world. complaining online about how they don't like a show. Like a new show coming out and it's like who cares what you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's CBS. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't complain about it online yeah. that much. I don't care, but. Yeah. Right. I'm busy complaining about Enterprise, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't really look into, like, who the writers were or anything like that. Uh... Patrick Stewart's in on the writer's room. I know that. That's so cool. he has some agency. Um, well, That it's... makes me think he will be more of a part of it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they're just trying to get his input more than anything of like we don't want this to suck <laughs> Patrick what you think I don't know do you think it's gonna have anything to do with like his family situation no because probably not was very anti it's probably gonna be nothing about anything, what the fans so. are thinking I think so I think it'll it's... be like a completely out of left field like oh didn't think of that in a, in a not not disappointing way in a way that our expectations will be so high that when they when they pick the topic, we're going to be disappointed no matter what. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, we have something, sorry. We have something in our head that's different from what they're going to do. Anyway. Well, it's like fans always theorize about the shows better than the writers. Not always. I'm sorry, not always. <laughs> but, you know, they took that long break with Discovery and everybody was like, oh, I think this is going to happen. I think that's going to happen. And there were a few uh, theories that actually turned out better. I mean, everybody guessed what was going to happen. It's a show Not- to stream and the thing of them pausing the series so that they wouldn't lose subscription money. Totally stupid. Mm. But um, I feel like the fans always come up with either the same or better ideas of what's actually going to happen. And I'm pretty sure it's just going to be a Star Trek show. I don't know. There'll be a ship. There'll be a captain. Somebody, They'll do some shit. Somebody <laughs> buy my season three Enterprise rerun. <laughs> I'm really passionate about how that could have been really good and it was bad. Start a GoFundMe. I feel like <laughs> because Patrick Stewart's favorite episode that he filmed was um, The Inner Light, it's going to be something like that. Because that was, he always talks about it. That's the only one I've ever heard him really, really talk about. They had that whole panel about it. Yeah, which honestly, and we talked about this earlier this week. I don't. Were Were you in on? You were in on that conversation with John, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it's the one in, where I got you way too drunk. And yeah. Then you, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, like, but um, it's just gonna be something like that. I think maybe the Q continuum will be brought back in. I love the Q. I think about the Q a lot mm-hmm. in terms of how interesting and. Uh, all the possibility that that offers, right? Um, I because because I primarily talk about gender and stuff. I think there they, there's so much you can do with them that they never did. So right. I'd love it if they brought them back in some kind of more serious. If they, if, God, if they could just make Andorians. I was not actually going to mention Andorians. <laughs> I, I'm always down to have Andorians and things because again. They are gender weird also because they have four genders and they're really interesting. Everybody, please pay attention to the Andorians. We'll just have an Andorian episode Um, and you can just uh, talk. Can I revise my guess? Yeah. Okay, so it's going to have a kind of lunk-headed Klingon who's very obsessed with honor and mm-hmm. his long-suffering Vulcan wife who's always got uh, her hands on her hips and they've like adopted this. an Andorian, a Romulan, and a Cardassian and they live next door to wacky neighbor Picard. It's basically yes. home improvement, but with yeah. Star Trek characters. I love this so I much. I love that. Does the, does the Klingon go, Ugh. All the time. <laughs> yes. Ugh, by Kalis. <laughs> He's just got his bat left up. 
more honor. <laughs> His wife will be nagging him in the background, and he'll look at the camera and be like, I guess today's a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> Audience laughter. <laughs> clap, clap. Wow, I... <laughs> Kachan, that is most illogical. Ooh, here's a sad one. Picard is in a Truman Show type situation where he's reliving his olden days because everyone else has died. No! And it's just him and he's like I used to be a captain and he's all alone and that's it. Oh, you got really sad with that. Yeah, Way I know. That's, I cool. said that. Oh, here's, here's uh, my silly guess. Picard needs to find the best wine in the galaxy because it will help him time travel to save the world. How? Mm. Don't worry about him. He just goes on a bender and he thinks he's traveling through time. Like, <laughs> no, he's traveling through time. I'm doing this it. is space wine. <laughs> Have you not had space wine? It takes you to, to other dimensions, and that's what he's gonna do. He has to save a movie. movie. There's another thing. dimension. Why didn't they travel through time more? Like you could do it with a with a shitty hijacked Klingon bird of prey. Because that's just like. Because then a couple of the really show. boring office-looking dudes will come and. Shit talk you, and you'll have to sit there and explain. I'm referencing the Martians episode. (laughs) (laughs) Jetsy's epic dad joke. Always on time. (laughs) Man. I laughed at that. They may not have laughed at it, but I I would love your idea. That's such a funny. (laughs) That's that's the fifth show that they're not announcing, like a sitcom, but it's in Star Trek. Like, oh, Quark. (laughs) I've always thought it'd be fun to do something like that. Come back next week for like, okay. I'm watching you, Quark. Just <laughs> like, okay, we get it. All the exciting shit happens with Starfleet out in space. But, like, there's more to this universe. You could do so many weird, random things with, like... It's just the Ferengi family episodes, but extrapolated into an entire show, and I would watch that. I know, know their budget wasn't too stellar, but Keeping I really would have appreciated more Odo body horror. I'm sorry. But... Odo body horror would have been super good. Oh my god, it would have been so good. Or, what's that uh, meme that I saw online where somebody was like, you don't have to have Odo as a person. Oh yeah. I mean, just, like, cut a mouth, like, tape a mouth onto a pineapple, and then just have the voice coming from the pineapple, or, yeah. like, he could be literally be a Segway. So why spend all this money Not on Not even CGI? a body on a Segway. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, yeah. a segway. Don't spend any money on CGI. Just have something... Make and then, oh, uh, you've got to make it continuity that whenever he shapeshifts, uh, there's a flash of light. Yeah. So okay. then you have something mm. on the camera, and then the camera will pan away to something else, and then you get a flash of light, and the camera pans back. Oh, <laughs> it's, no, no. he's something else hey, now. Renee, we hey, missed you. Now he's a box of there? tissue. <laughs> I mean, his voice could still be the voice of Otto, but it's just he's shouting from behind. Oh, yeah. no. I just appreciate him in general. Yeah, I think I'd... he's really funny, and he hired Jeff for his first reoccurring. Star Trek gigs. So. Oh, so that's really why you like Renee. <laughs> and Jeff seems to like him a lot. Yes, okay. Maybe it is about Jeffrey at the end of the day. But, Jeff's right. like, Renee really helped me out, and you're like, I like this Renee guy. Mm-hmm. I like he was, uh, he was one guy. of the major characters in one of the newer Fallout games. Renee? Oh, was he? He was Mr. House. He I, was also the question in uh, he was Justice League. I love him as the question. I really want to run into Renee because he has a house near where I live. Ooh. I'm like, I see him posting on Instagram. I'm like, oh, he's here. Someone, <laughs> I think, I think it was my my dungeon master's dad. I think did like wiring at his house. <laughs> Just talking about random knows roles. Everybody, every time I bring up a Star Trek actor to my dungeon master, he knows them somehow. And it's I'm like, like, Aaron, let me see. I'm gonna kill you. I loved you in The Little Mermaid. I loved you in The Last Unicorn. I loved you in the King Kong with Jeff Bridges. And you gotta say all of this while you're in a, a Starfleet uniform. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a given. Then I'm going to put a bucket on my hand and run away. Going, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, before we wrap up, in my mind, as we were talking, I had this really distinct image of quark vaping. <laughs> there's no there's no context there. I just see quark lounged with the, the most garish vape possible and just going... It's cotton candy flavor or something like that. I don't know. I just On an off note, just... somebody that works in my factory is quitting smoking and there's no rules against vaping mm-hmm. in the shop. And so now the whole shop smells like uh, smoldering metal and uh, juicy fruit. Nice. So... <laughs> okay, so either Quark starts selling vapes because Nog and Jake tell him it's cool as a joke. <laughs> or he's doing that in a hollow suite to try to impress a woman. But Odo walks in instead. Yeah. I think those are your two options for that. They're already in love. Oh, yeah. I think the cork vaping has to have some kind of dramatic hook that ties it into an action-filled episode. Hmm. So I think that his vape juice should be juice from... What was the name of the guy who killed uh, Tasha Yar? Armas? Something like that. Oh, that ink dude? Yeah, the ink dude. So the vape juice should be distilled from the ink dude, and everyone who vapes it turns evil. Yeah, we're running out of time. Um, well, thank you for joining us, you guys. This was fun. We'll have Thanks to... for inviting me on. Yeah, it's always fun. Thanks for coming again. Yeah, thank right. you for having me. Yeah, well, uh, next time we'll meet up and rewrite into darkness. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Awesome. I'm trying to move to Portland, so maybe I can come up. Oh my god, am I getting everybody to move to Portland? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm already here. <laughs> Ryan, move to Portland. Well, I graduate. Well, I already got him. I can that. walk home. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm Joseph Detour, and you're... Uh, I'm Godiva Lee. You're listening to Get Trekked uh, through KBOO Portland and a Radio Geekly. Uh, I have been Dylan Miller. Thanks again for having me. You have been and you will be. Always. Uh, this has been Ryan Castro, and you can all go to hell. <laughs> yeah, we're ending on that note. Uh, thank you. All right. Now we're going to jump back to Godiva, Philip, and John to talk about Trek and con life from back in the day. Enjoy! Go for it. You. So the, the sort of wonder is when you were in the room and you're like, wow, is this really happening? Yeah. Man, there's probably a bunch, but I'll tell you, one year in Washington, D.C., it's like a full lineup. I lived there at the time. Full lineup of guests, and you're sitting there looking at this one of those corporate conventions, so the only thing you're doing is going to see the programming. And you're like, who is it? It's like somebody I've never seen, like Kate Mulgrew, and somebody else I've never seen. My brother and I look at this schedule, we're like, oh my gosh, this is just cram-packed. It's like something, 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 Shatner, something, something. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I've seen Shatner talk about his horses so many times. That's it. I love how you include Shatner as, like, not something. Yeah. And then we're like, we'll we'll just take the break during Shatner and go get something to eat and use the bathroom. And for whatever reason, it was just so mob-scened that that particular time, we watch everybody and Shatner comes on. It's like, oh, we're never getting out of here and coming back in. And it's like another movie out. But Shatner had shot Generations and been killed. And, I don't acknowledge that movie. And the canon. next I'm and sorry. the next movie's already come <laughs> it's a horrible out. Movie. But somehow instead of talking about horses, he 
all of a sudden starts talking about film and generations. And whether it was the original shoe... Which is ironic, because there's a, a horse... He's riding horses. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. Very penny horse. And so he's talking As about he film and generations, and whether it's the original shoot or the reshoot, I can't remember, but he talks about laying on the rocks, and he says that the like what he can see is in thirds. It's like one-third, like, the camera, and one-third the sky, and one-third... I don't know, Patrick's face right. or something like that. And we're like, well, this is better than horses. <laughs> and he's telling this story and he goes, and I'm doing these lines and I'm talking to Patrick Stewart and just in that little wedge of sky that I can see between the big reflectors and shadow box of the camera and Patrick over here, I see a contrail and I imagine it's the Enterprise. And right that second, I'm like, my God, Bill, I have been watching this show forever, and I've seen you speak at least six times. I never knew you got it! (laughs) (laughs) And so, when you see someone talk about Star Trek, and they are as into it as you are, even if it takes 35 years. The other quick one I'll tell you is Leonard Nimoy talks about going to watch a screening of Star Trek II, and when Spock leaves the bridge, he says, quote, and I know where he's going. And I don't want to set through it. But there's already been enough bad press on this film. It's like, if I walk out of the theater then, they're like, Nimoy hates Star Trek so much, won't even watch end of film. But the best part was, we'd all heard Spock was supposed to die in that movie. And if you have a pulse, and you saw Star Trek Two in a theater, when Spock gets up, you're like, shit. Yeah. yeah. They are going to kill him now. And the fact that Leonard Nimoy expressed that is like, you thought the same thing I did at the same moment at this fabulous Nick Meyer movie. The love of Star Trek transcends everything, and it's like, what is that moment in that show about? Mm -hmm. Anybody ever see the TV movie for the Karen Carpenter story? Mm Mm-hmm. You know she dies. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still a good movie because they did it well. Right. And the set decoration was phenomenal. It was. <laughs> but you can watch a movie like that and go, well, this is tedious, and I just know she's going to die at the end, so who cares? But the idea that you... There was some question yeah. of whether Spock was going to die in that film. But then by the time you know he's going to die, you also knew you had enough of the film behind you that you knew that... I mean, what was the speculation, was though? Like, did you assume he was going to come back? Like, Were you like, well, of course he's going to... Come yeah, no, like, no, no, because we pay attention to well the behind-the-scenes stuff, and we knew the contract negotiations. But so. the amazing thing was, is did you know he was going to come back? One of the, one of the craziest things that was going through my head before I knew when I knew I was coming here. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Leonard Nimoy is possibly pitifully as he has ever done when he was directing the Search for Spock. Did a whole series of interviews, and he's like, "You don't actually know what you're going to find." You might find a malevolent, malevolent Spock, is what I was trying to say, malevolent yeah. Spock. You might find something else. And it's like, who titles a movie The Search for Spock and finds something else? And then I could go off on a giant sidebar on how Discovery is finding something else. 
least when Barney walks in the room, it's interesting. I loved yeah. his character growth. Like yeah. I yeah. hated his origins, but his character growth was actually I'm a slut for yeah. character growth. Yeah. That's why I love Deep Space Nine so much. Yeah. Because that's basically what the show is. It's like they're on a Because they didn't know what they were doing place. when they started and they figured it out. Especially I... like Dr. Bashir <laughs> is a walking disaster, but that's why I relate to him so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> I loved I Bashir. I loved Bashir. I had I had totally dinner with Bashir at a Lone Star Steakhouse in St. Louis. You what? I had dinner with I'm sorry, not Bashir, with Sid at a Lone Star Steakhouse outside of St. Louis at a convention there. I mean there were thirteen of us at the table. Yeah, but still. But there were like eleven people geeking out. And then Richard Arnold, me and my brother, and finally you're eating dinner and it's like, well, there are all these people geeking out, so we started talking about regular shit to Sid, and he's like Oh, oh, and then you just have like a real conversation because it wasn't about, well, you know, when you hold that thing and blah, blah, blah. So he was phenomenal. I loved him on that show. God. He needs to get more work. And he's his own Barkley component. A person of color getting killed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything I fucking try a... to look him up in, like Gotham or like Game of Thrones or something, is yeah. just like he shows up for a minute and then he's fucking murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, can he just get his own or that show or Damon something? Movie that... Well, know. there's an episode I should know the name of, but the upshot is. What the fuck? Is Cisco does say, problem is Earth. They look out the window and they see a paradise. And it is the it is literally a writer getting his angst out via Benjamin Sisko by saying line, yes. Star Trek has no conflict and is utopian and it's super hard to tell stories. But I'm out here at Deep Space Nine with a wormhole and Cardassians and Klingons and whatever and I have to and deal Dominion. with this stuff. And the Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> when we were little kids, watching the animated series, Gene Roddenberry was touring college campuses. Right. I just want to include that I absolutely love that you guys got served on the animated series. So, <laughs> he did. I, I just, I, I, I'm no, 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 sure no, I got started on, your, yeah. on the original. In, but. in 1976, Gene Roddenberry appeared Jesse Hall. at Jesse Hall. Thank Jesse you. Hall, the University of Missouri. At the University campus. of Missouri. And his shtick when he traveled the country was to go. A comedian opened, John Rourke. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Who does a Shatner impersonation. And then Gene comes on and talks about Star Trek. And in 1976, Star Trek was dead. Right. Yeah. There were rumors and possible TV shows. Go ahead. Was this the same time that he was there where he showed shots of the new ship? That was the second time. Okay. Yeah. Because I was there with my friend Sandy Glenn. Yeah. And and I was recording this. And and every time she's, it looks like a carrot. It looks like she kept talking over it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But... So in 1976, in elementary school, Gene Roddenberry shows up, talks, takes questions, yeah, and then screams the only thing he had at the time, which is the black and white reel of the original pilot, because the original pilot was chopped up mm. and put into the menagerie, into the menagerie. but it is the actual front-to-back screen in the cage. So which we take yeah, for granted now, that. because you can find that... On Netflix. And we are so old that when The Cage originally came out... It just blew your mind. Well, when The Cage originally came out on video, it was the color scenes excerpted from the menagerie with the black and white scenes bridged together and the color scenes. And then one year, Richard's like, oh my God, somebody was cleaning out their dad's footlocker and they found the inner negative for the rest of The Cage. 
And the next thing you know, home videos putting out the full color cage spliced together. And the inner negative shots are better than the other ones because they weren't all tromped on. But we saw that in 1976 when Gene Roddenberry came to our hometown. Yeah. That's how good Star Trek is. Yeah. Well, I think the first convention I ever went to in 1977, somebody comes up to me and says, hey, there's this new movie showing at the, the Glenwood Plaza Theaters. Right People had the these buttons on and they all said, may the force be with you. We didn't know what that what? meant. Really? Yeah. And so it was like, it was like, it wasn't opening weekend. Was it? Movies didn't all come out at the same time all across the country. That's true. That's true. So It had been but, in the country people, somewhere. People were like... They got to now because of the internet. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 People were like, you should go see this. I'm like, well, I don't know. It's like it's science fiction. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so we go and we're at a Star Trek convention. We take a couple hours off and see Star Wars. Not until Sunday. Yeah, not until Sunday. Because, we had a priority strike. Yeah, we had, to, we had to wait until most of the, most of the major guests have, have left. But uh, yeah, we saw Star Wars at a Star Trek convention, basically. And That's so it's funny. like a whole new chapter of my life opened up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are Star Wars fans, too. Let's be clear. Star Trek first. first. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sitting in my office almost 10 years ago by now, this guy named Travis comes over to this woman named Shannon and some stuff goes on and Shannon is like, Phil, did you hear that? I'm like, Travis wants to know which is better. Oh my God, that stupid war. Star Trek or Star Wars? I'm like, this is... You were there at the beginning of the Star Trek versus Star Wars. So easy. This is so easy. I love Star Wars. Yeah. Right. I pattern my life. According to Star Trek. Exactly. Literally. <laughs> we both, I mean, we both, where we are today is because of Star Trek. Yeah. In, in so many ways. On the radio station, that, like the reason that I even got on a Radio Geekly on K-Boo is because I went to a Star Trek convention and I came back and I told everybody and they were like, oh, we have this radio show about geeks. You should totally get on it. It's totally because... I just went to a Star Trek convention, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm invited to this show to co-host, to add content, and then I start meeting all these people, and it's just like, just going, I hate that you have to spend so much money to go to a con nowadays, but yeah. it like totally opened up, Yeah, add, all, add, like add, meeting add, people. Add 30 years of experience to that, Yeah, yeah. and you're where we are. Y'all know it's, some fucking it, people. It's, it, well, it's not just that, it's like, you understand... The message Star Trek was pushing to the universe, and you're part of it now. Yeah. And there's the, the I want to say intangibles, but they're pretty tangible. My wife is from Central California. So at some point, she's like, well, we could get married at Yosemite. And I'm like, Star Trek Five, Done! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then she's like, God dang it. Well, and this is because of the DC conventions. When my brother and I met Mark Okrand, the creator of the Klingon language... We quickly figured out that his house was near my office and my house was near his office in the Metro DC area. So we became each other's snow emergency plans. I'm getting married and my brother-in-law, who was my wife's pick for groomsmen, was on a fishing boat. Oh. She's, she's pissed. <laughs> and I'm like, so we need a substitute groomsman? For Bob, yeah. So Mark Okrand played my brother-in-law at my wedding. And by that I mean, I was like, my brother-in-law can't make it, so can you fill that slot? And he agreed. And Mark is maybe 5'3". Right. And my brother-in-law is maybe 6'3". Right. 
So my brother-in-law and Mark got together, and my brother-in-law emailed Mark a letter. And Mark Okrand at my wedding stood on a chair to read a letter as my brother-in-law to my wife. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. He says, I know Bob's a lot taller than me, so... And so, yes, Star Trek dreams come true. And there were tribbles all over my wedding and all kinds of other horse shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, And nothing that I had anything to do with. Yeah. It's like, but all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, there's tribbles everywhere. What's going on? I don't even know who made those. Well, I don't know. I the, other, the other thing that happened at the same convention I saw Star Wars is I entered into a record contract deal with William Shatner. What? He had I just what? released what? Double he, Fantasy or something. <laughs> I don't remember the name. Well, I don't even remember the name of the album. But he was trying to sell them because nobody was buying them. And so I said, Oh, I'll sell a bunch for you. So I entered into this contract with William Shatner to sell his record. In Columbia, Missouri, and I think my dad ended up having to get me out of it. Are you serious? I was in trouble. I was fourteen. It was like Bill, William Shatter live. It was two vinyl albums. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was two vinyl albums. It was a double album. <laughs> oh my god! I, I sold. I sold several, but probably not as many as as Bill wanted me to. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he think he could sell them? Did you know me at 14? No. no I, I, I was the guy that could do that. Okay. All right. You're the man. I got gotcha. you. All right. Yeah. Driving clear to Denver for a convention because it was the end of the first season of Next Gen is the yeah. most memorable, but there are others. There's art shows, and then there's a little curtain. Yeah. And then you go back, and there's all the slash fiction art, and it is just like, whoa. Wow. All right. Spock is hung. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all hung. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anything, I'm going to take a smoke break. And all right. Then, uh, Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I have letters from Gene Roddenberry saying thank you for being a Star Trek fan. You know, kind of thing. Don't know where they are. Probably lost them over the years, but yeah. I mean, did you meet him? Oh, like, yeah. 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 I've met all of the original cast. I mean, I just, I've had I've actually had meals with everybody except Nimoy. I heard he was such like a personable dude. Oh, he you is. I mean? He is, but he was a star. Yeah. And everybody else was kind of new. Even Shatner wasn't an A-list actor. Yeah. Until Star Trek. Man. But Nimoy already had Mission Impossible, all that stuff under his belt, so. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot of conventions very early. Well, there weren't a whole lot of conventions really early. Yeah. I mean, the start, the New York Star Trek convention kind of kicked it off. Now, it was it was really hard to find a convention that Nimoy was at. I think his fee was $10,000 for the weekend. It's not that much. So, wait, when you were doing conventions, how much were you paying? Like, when you were trying to plan out Check that convention... Off, Walter Koenig did it for seven thousand, I think. But it got, yeah, DeForest Kelly was ten compared to the intake. What the convention would get, it was reasonable. Yeah, we could break even. It's a half-ass goal. It's not a reasonable goal. But me, and my buddy Josie, are like thinking, how much would it take to pay one of the Star Trek actors to like read a really shitty fan fiction? You know what I mean. Not that much. <laughs> Seriously. Like 7000 is what you're saying for like the well, old Well, that was, that was a whole weekend. 
And keep in mind, they didn't charge for autographs then. So it was like 7000 all in. So to get KCMH And they have to be in front of the people. They have to do everything without any... I'm going to get Casey Biggs to read some super slutty fan fiction. Who? Casey Biggs, he was a Damar in Deep Space Nine. I got 500 on it. Call him up and ask him what his price is. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It's probably plane tickets and a meal. Who's Casey Biggs? Damar, do you need me to show you a picture? Yeah, I guess so. Because Jesus Christ, he had those pouty-ass lips. Oh my God. He is ugh, hot as fuck, I swear to God. I better not play this on the radio. I'm going to be so pissed. No, that's... um. He was the guy that died in the seventh season at the very end for the Resistance. Like, he led the Resistance in Deep Space Nine. And then, like, he started out, I think, either the fifth or sixth season, when um, Ducat was, like, exiled for being a bitch. And he had a Klingon ship, and he was going around trying to, like, build back up his... that motherfucker. Yeah. That motherfucker! (laughs) And then, like, Weiyun, who was, um... You remember that? No. All right. God, but I guess he does wine commercials now. He's fine. <laughs> but Just like Orson Welles. Okay. Yeah, I ran into him at a convention. He was just like hanging out at the bar. And I kind of just walked up to him. And I was like, I'm super nervous. I've never been to a con before. He's like, oh, you don't need to be super nervous. What's going on with you? And I was like, I don't know. How's your night going? And he was like, well, I met a chick with a, uh, my face tattooed on her. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, well, was it at least good? And he kind of like looked off in the distance. He was like really sad about it. So he was like, it was okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was trying to be nice about it. And I was like, I'm so sorry, bitch. Like, that was my first celebrity run-in. Was with Dominic Keating. Okay, and so I was walking down the hallway. I was already having a stressful time. And I was like, I gotta take a break. I gotta go back to my room. I'm gonna take a nap. It's all gonna be good. And so I'm walking away from the convention, and there's this corner that you have to turn to get back to the hotel lobby, and there's a Starbucks that my friends are at around the corner. And I turn this corner, and in the opening of that corner, I see a familiar back with a glass of wine floating in their hand because they're tipsy at noon, whatever, yeah. it's floating in their hand. And I'm like, wait, that can't be. Is it? That can't be. And they turn around like, whoosh. And <laughs> I recognize the face of that British fuck from Enterprise. And he's like, oh, hello. And I'm like, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm like nerdy as fuck. I'm like flabbergasted. This is the first celebrity that I've seen besides Nichelle who's in the lobby, which I didn't suspect. And um, I'm like, whoa, hi. And he's like, how are you doing, darling? And he's like trying to chat me up and stuff. And I'm like, I'm doing fine. And I straight up book it around the corner. And he's like still standing there like staring me. And I'm like, whoosh. And I like warm up. I like, I'm not prepared for this kind of anarchy. Like I just like run right by him and I run up to my friends and I'm like I see them at the Starbucks waiting for me and I'm like I just ran into that British folk from Metaprox what the fuck is going on he's daytime drinking back there and they're like what and they like book it past me and he's fucking gone yeah he just disappeared just like fucking vanished and I'm like I swear to god I didn't make this up this is the same shit as Picardo 
Robert Picardo tapping him on the shoulder and he's like, nobody's going to fucking believe me. Nobody saw any of the shit that yeah. I saw. <laughs> the first year that I went, I feel like I went crazy for a minute. Hey, baby. It's, it probably never really happened. No! <laughs> Are you still recording? I hope you all enjoyed that. And also, I hope you had a good holiday season. Take it easy and remember to get tracked.